Hey, it's Garbage Brain University. I'm Drew Toothpaste. I'm Drew Toothpaste. You are not Drew Toothpaste. Uh, uh, what if I was though? I am though, a little bit. I'm Natalie D. <laughs> I'm, a, you're also Natalie D. Yeah, man. <laughs> so are you, person listening there on the radio? Today we're talking about... The radio. No, we're talking about games that children play. Games that children play. Did you ever play any games when you were a children? Like the men- like mental games, like games of manipulation and intrigue. <laughs> I was... Uh... Financial games. Oh, financial games. That games would be Games of, cool. of violence and, and uh, I don't know, just, you know, kid stuff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, all the games that we would play as, uh, all the games that the kids I hung out with would play as children, like until we sort of moved past playing games in that sense, like running around and kicking each other. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was like basically the game. Okay, yeah. There was like a... Kick that dude. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> play that, yeah. Because, <laughs> I mean, when you're, when you're in like first, second, third, fourth, maybe fifth grade... There's like a whole, there's like the little boy vibe, which is already like running around kicking each other. But then probably like 10 or 20% of the kids in the class take Taekwondo lessons. Right. And so they just get encouraged to just kick stuff and hit it. Right. You know, that that whole thing is like, you know, when you have a hammer, everything looks like a nail. Like sending a kid to Taekwondo class is like... Sending a kid to a class that convinces him that he's the hammer. And then he's just now, now you can't, you can't even take it away from him. He's just going to fucking go around punching everything forever now. I am hammer. <laughs> Aren't we all a little bit hammer? <laughs> Hammer's all of us and we are all hammer. <laughs> just a little bit. Did you, did you play like run around touch the thing kick the dude did you play that when you were like what what's that age range called that age range of maybe like six to eleven or so um i would say that i do not recall when that age began for me i think that i was running around with neighborhood kids when i was probably like in preschool yeah and I would believe that that period of time when you are playing games probably lasts until maybe like fourth or fifth grade. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds right to me. I think that's when we pretty much... That's when you start being like, well, what about that boy over there? I think... What what is he playing? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think... Yeah, I think what happened is the kids kind of like amorphously just like kind of blobbed around the playground doing weird shit. And then... There was a certain point where it was like a lot of the kids all peeled off to just play soccer. Mm-hmm. There was just like an ongoing forever game of soccer because they were all on soccer teams and stuff. And then all the kids that didn't do that just kind of like hung out and and talked shit and made plans and made weird little drawings and cussed and stuff. Right. Like all the cool stuff, basically. Right. We would dig with the stick in the dirt. That was one of the big ones. Yeah, we're... Poke the dirt with the stick, flip, flick it. <laughs> flick the dirt out of the hole. Are, are you like... <laughs> See, I thought you were the same... I I thought you were the same age as me. Were you raised in the year, like, four? <laughs> You're digging the dirt. All, all women born in year four know is dig dirt, flick dirt, and drink from lead pipe. <laughs> 
and lie about age. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 you know, my thing is like when it comes to like childhood games is that when I, I was like the weirdest little kid who's ever existed, probably like our kid now is pretty weird, but I'd absolutely beasted her like in terms of how weird I was when I was a kid. Oh, yeah. I was really really standoffish as a kid. I was really, really quiet as a kid. I imagine I probably had real strong, like, Wednesday Adams vibes, maybe. Like, I didn't talk to anybody, and I wasn't interested in playing with people. And so, like, when it comes to children's games, my experience with children's games are, like, the three or four times I felt playful as a child. (laughs) Or... (laughs) Or, like, I hear what I had overheard other children up to and been like, Philistines. (laughs) (laughs) So you're not, I mean, I, I could, I could see that you're a very funny person. You're very, you have a lot of joy in you, but you are not playful. Like you'll get down and roll around on the ground. No, I'm not a playful person at all. I'm like, not like very playful and like I'm very friendly and I'm very funny and chatty and, and, and stuff like that. But I'm also extremely introverted. Like I could go like all day without talking to anybody at all and be fine with it. Like, the pandemic, like, the part where you don't ever see anybody, that part was fine with me, pretty much. Like, I forced myself to see people periodically just so I wouldn't, like, go feral. But, like, for the most part, like, I I like to just read books by myself. <laughs> that's, like, my main thing. Like, <laughs> that's been, like, my whole entire life. And, like, being an adult and being able to go into the bathroom and sit in the bath for, like, literally three hours and just, like, read a whole book. That's, like, that's all I ever wanted. Yeah, so you, yeah, so you do, you know none of the intricacies of Kick That Dude, then. Kick That Dude, well, you know, I had, like, uh, okay, I was pretty weird for, like, specifically the child range. That child range where we were talking about, like, that age where kids were playful with each other. I was extra weird then. But once I got to be, like, a preteen and, like, a teenager, then I was able, for whatever reason, I was a lot more able to socialize with people and, like, make friends and stuff. I'm not sure if it's because I suddenly had access to kids who were older than me or if, like, I had adult interests and eventually the kids around me started being involved in being interested in more mature topics and that made it easier for me to relate to them. But for whatever reason, like, there was, like, a certain point where suddenly I was okay with hanging out with kids then all of a sudden. But before that time, I was, like, I wasn't even interested. Yeah, yeah. But, like, I I mean, my playfulness has always manifested as me, like, making fun of people or, like, light roughhousing or whatever. Yeah, but it's not, like, children. It's not, like, children no. on a playground. You know, I kind of, I, I definitely, you know, had a few years when I was a young child, you know, running around, doing swings, trying to trying to jump i mean there's just a lot of like force there's a lot of exerting force in like feeling the motion of stuff that seems endemic to the experience of my own childhood Mm -hmm. and sure a lot of it ended in getting injured but like i got i i think it was in fourth grade i got cage fighting banned at our school but it wasn't there was like a big jungle gym but you could hang on it and then what we did is we would set up matches 
and we would match people up and they would go into the cage and they would hang on the bars and then they would kick each other until one of them fell down. Right. right. That's like a pretty standard game for <laughs> little boys to play. But we got a band because I fell off of it and I, I whacked my head on the bar and then it was like a whole thing. Yeah. And they said no more cage fighting. But we all called it cage fighting. Maybe... <laughs> You couldn't go into an elementary school, at least not in Ohio, in 2021 and be like, the kids are playing a new game they call cage fighting. (laughs) Right. If you called it like lower body fitness challenge, like the teachers would fucking let you do it and they'd give you hydro flask. Right. When I was like a kid, I know I've mentioned this before, the main thing I remember doing was like making up dance routines and playing dress up. That was like my like my brief forays into like socializing with other children. Did you uh did you ever do any of it outside? Was any of it ever in the yard? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Uh-huh. Okay. Was any did you ever do anything competitive like with your friends, like play improvised games that was like the big that was the big thing we would construct these really elaborate games and always like there would be a toilet somewhere and you would have to drink out of the toilet to get your hit points back or something like that right like i i know okay so here's the other thing that i was up against was my um absolute insurmountable attention deficit disorder and so anything that had any kind of rules or anything that was going to take more than like three or four turns to establish who the winner was going to be i was not going to be able to pay attention to it and at some point i would just be standing there staring off into like mid space and like not paying attention to anything at all that was going on and i would become an instant liability on whatever team i was on <laughs> and so so yeah so like that stuff didn't fly with me very well either i was extremely bad like i played some like competitive like youth sports and i was extremely bad at those like i hated like hated by the coach hated by all my team members <laughs> <laughs> well so what did what do other people do when they're not kicking each other or staring <laughs> We've established those were our childhood games. <laughs> my my main childhood game was staring off into mid space or reading adult books. <laughs> my I'll tell you what my sisters like my sisters always like to play is that they used to play Barbies and I had Barbies. I enjoyed grooming my Barbies. That's what was my main thing. Because I was like, I'm not gonna talk through a doll. And I was like, that's not dignified. I'm not gonna do that, right? <laughs> But I would groom my Barbies. My sisters would have absolute, like, drag out, like, intense, like, soap operas of, like, infidelity and and murder and intrigue and, like, broken marriages and, like, screaming and wailing and rending of governments. Like, all the time. They do it for hours. Like, oh! Oh, my God! Ken! No! You can't leave our family! Like for hours and hours and hours. So they would pretend that they were the Barbie. They would. They would. They would have like s- scenarios with the Barbies and stuff like okay. that. Okay. Okay. And they would. They would act out like horrible scenarios. Yeah. Yeah. No, I never. I never got into role playing. I never. I never liked. I never liked the role playing aspect of like D and D type stuff either. 
That's like as soon as we aged out of kicking each other, <laughs> we started playing like D and D, and then that like that quickly that quickly fell apart because my crew of people we would just <laughs> we would not do any of the rules, right? <laughs> and we would not pretend we were the guys. We would just be like, I hit the dragon. <laughs> <laughs> and then the other guy would be like, the dragon recoils from the blow. What do you do now? And then you're like, I hit the dragon. <laughs> so that, that blew through pretty quick. And then uh, then we just went to high school, pretty much. Right. That was that. Yeah. What are you supposed to do as a kid? What are you supposed to do? I feel like our parents' generation and our grandparents' generation had these very, like, specific and weird things that they did. Like, did you ever get given ball and jacks when you were a kid? I, remember... I think, it, yeah, I think I received ball and jacks. I was not sure what I was supposed to do with it. Right. No one ever explained to you what you're supposed to do with it. Uh, my sister got some ball and jacks, and my mom sat there and showed us, and she could do it. She'd bounce the ball, grab the jack, catch the ball. It was like this whole little routine. Uh-huh. And she did the whole she did the whole thing. And she's like, that's how you do ball and jacks. And we were like, okay, we're not doing that. <laughs> I'm simply not going to do that. I would play I, I I got ball and jacks, and what I would play with that is stack the jacks. <laughs> Because you could, like, stack them up in a way where they lined up perfectly and it was very satisfying. And so I would do that and I would rub it. (laughs) (laughs) I played jacks, baby. (laughs) I'd also put the ball in my mouth and chew on it a little bit. I I just am admitting to it because I can... That is one of my memories of jacks is I can remember what the ball tastes like. (laughs) Now I'm going to be... I'm going to be honest... (laughs) I'm going to be honest with you. What? I don't know. I mean, you've known me a long time. Uh I'm sure you probably have a certain picture of what I am and what my thought process is. When you said you put the ball in your mouth, I was like, oh, I can taste that ball. (laughs) Tastes kind of like a pencil eraser, right? Yeah, a little bit, yeah. Like like a cross between that and like, like a... Rubber tire, maybe. Yeah, I was. Yeah, I wasn't out there trying to play choking hazard, but you gotta. I am like the queen of like oral fixation. If it could fit in my mouth, it's going in my mouth. I don't. Who cares about food? My transfer. We're all. We're all gonna die. I'm putting my mouth on everything. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you you've been living with me for twenty years. You know what kind of shit you can turn around and see me have in my mouth. <laughs> stuff out of my mouth before where it's like hey, this is a problem now like, he just stopped this shit like the entire like back end of a taped dispenser <laughs> like cookie monster <laughs> <laughs> like a chimpanzee so yeah so that's what i did i would i would i would uh tweak out on on putting choking hazards in my mouth and stacking things up in piles and then i would uh, that was it. So, traditionally speaking though children's games are those that are played informally with minimal equipment that you learn by example from other children and that can be played without reference to written rules and so it is like an oral tradition and uh my definition says it is usually children between the ages of seven and twelve and 
They are also called folk games, and it is like an informal thing that will go from child to child in between generations, and people will all just hop up. But they usually include six different features in different proportions, okay? Okay. Physical skill, strategy, chance, repetition of pattern, creativity, and vertigo. <laughs> vertigo! Right. So like okay, so like merry-go-round, mm-hmm. but I mean that's spinning around. That's an equ- that's an equipment, but uh, you would spin somebody around in uh, pin the tail on the donkey. Mm-hmm. You get blindfolded, you get handed a, a thing, and then they everybody watches you, and you can't see what you're doing. Right, you get shoved all over the place. You know what you can shove all over the place? A circle. But your, your circle was hollow all of a sudden. It was it contained nothing and everything. And you arranged it so it would just go down the street. And then your mother told you to chase it down the middle of the street. What would you call it? Well, <laughs> stick in a hoop. Stick in a hoop. I've the never, classic game. Stick in a hoop. <laughs> I've never... I've never done hoop rolling in my life, and I do not... I've seen so many pictures of it because it's been incredibly popular. Uh-huh. Through history going back, I don't know how long. Right. Maybe you know. Um, it has been documented since antiquity in Africa, Asia, and Europe. And it is an ancient tradition widely dispersed among different societies. Ancient Greece, they did it. Everywhere basically did it. Dionysus did it. So what? <laughs> so the idea is you just have like... A hoop made of what wood or mm-hmm. or metal reeds yeah. or metal. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay, and then you have a little stick, and what do you do? You tap the hoop. Yeah, you try to keep it from falling over. You try to keep it rolling upright as long as you can, and you could also like do little tricks with it, and, like make it spin around, or whatever. But the name of the game is don't let that hoop lay down, or else you lost. Pretty simple. Right. Pretty simple. All game. you need is hoop and stick. So is it competitive? Yeah, you could be competitive with it. You could do um, races. You could do hoop races. Um, there is a game called Toll where you're playing against other people and you have to drive your hoop in between two rocks without touching either rock. Um, there is a game called Turnpike and it is similar to Toll in that you have to make your way in between two rocks only with Turnpike after every turn they make the rocks closer together and so it gets progressively harder okay and then then whoever hits the rock loses right then there's hoop battles and tournaments and this and that where you have opposing teams doing hoops and knocking each other's hoops out and all kind of stuff i mean i i think the closest we ever got is you know you'd be at the babysitter's house and then the babysitter would just have like a morass of toys you might pull a hula hoop out and just like whip it right or try to like roll it across the yard. I've never been able to do hula hoop. It's like for all like my dancing experience and all that kind of stuff. I've never been able to do hula hoop. I can. I feel like I can kind of do it, but my body is extremely not the right shape for it. You have upside down triangle shaped body. Well, my hips are my hips are narrower than my waist. Right. Your hips are probably narrower than your neck. <laughs> So there's just really, it's really hard. My my body is shaped like a funnel. Right. <laughs> so it's really hard for me to exert any kind of force to keep something up. Yeah, you really need to fucking fly to get it to to stay up. Unless you started it like up around your rib cage. That just gives it just gives me more time before it hits the ground. Right. Right. 
<laughs> well, I have hips and I still am not able to do it. Whenever I see someone who's able to do it, I'm like, show off. You think you're something special, don't you? Well, we'll see. We'll see where you are in 10 years. Maybe you'll still be hula hooping with them. <laughs> I like I like how miserable you were about it. <laughs> oh, yeah, you like doing a little synchronized motor activity with that harmless piece of plastic. Well, we'll see about your future. <laughs> Fuck off, fucker. <laughs> Did you ever do hoop rolling back in the single digit years when you were born? No. Did you ever roll a hoop and chase yeah, after no, it? No. I've never rolled after something and then chased it. It seems counterintuitive. If I was going to chase it, I would simply not roll it away from myself. <laughs> like, I've got it now. Why do I need to Why do I need to make it go and then go after it? <laughs> like, I have it, right? <laughs> you know, I mean, that's... That's all of sporting is creating an arbitrary goal. Right. Setting a challenge right. for yourself and then meeting the challenge. <laughs> Are you faster than a ball? <laughs> <laughs> Coming to CBS in 2022, Are You Faster Than a Ball pits our contestants against ball. <laughs> Are you, are you, are you faster than ball too? Are you faster than hoop? <laughs> what if they had hoop ball? That's, ba that's basketball, yeah. What? No, no. you racing the ball and the hoop against each other. I think the ball would win because you could just kick it. And ball, ball never falls over. I would I put mean, my money on ball every time. Here's, here's the thing. Here's why games were fun when you were a kid is because the reason why sports and Olympics and all this shit is just so fucking mind-numbingly boring is because they go to all this extent to make it seem official and to create this false authority. You get guys out there on the field that are like, holding five yards penalty to the right. That's it. See ya. Yeah. <laughs> like the guys they have all the they have all the fucking rules and then you go to the Olympics and if you smoke weed you can't go in the Olympics and it it's just fucking ridiculous. That's why this shit is fun cuz when you're a kid you can smoke if, weed. If you're a kid and you lose, all you have to do is you have to have a small amount of reasoning and you can just like fucking argue about it. Right. And then you can change the rules of the game. Like that's the thing. Whenever, whether you're hooping or pooping, you get this, like, you play the game and the game is not satisfying. You <laughs> always have a moment when you're a kid, you go, oh, fuck this. Here's what we're going to do. Right. Right? Uh-huh. Like, because the goal is to fuck around and have as much fun as possible. So there's always <laughs> this, there's always this, like, escalation of the rules and it gets more and more dangerous. That's what makes it fun. The Olympics never the Olympics never gets more dangerous. Right, right. The Olympics is just the same shit over and over again. Achieve your dream. You worked really hard. What about us we didn't work hard at all? Where are we in the rankings? What about us? I saw something recently that I thought was a great idea, which is that in the Olympics they should put one normal person in every event so you can see just how good they are. <laughs> Cause like it might it might be that the Olympians are only slightly better than a normal guy, in which case it's it would be a lot funnier to watch. Right, right. But I bet you that like I wonder how how well I would do at like 
what is it? Fourth, four hundred yard dash? Is that what the one is? Oh, I would, I would absolutely love to be in in a sprint against Olympic athletes. That would be <laughs> that would be the funniest thing in the world. You know what I would want to do? I would want to get in that that swimming competition, the swimming race, <laughs> just like doggy paddle back and forth, really slow. Take me nine hours. <laughs> Well, I think, okay, so I think you can get disqualified from swimming. This is all these fucking rules. I think it should be more like um, Cannonball Run. Right. Or the Gumball Rally. I think however you can make it from point A to point B, you make it happen. I also think you should be allowed to cheat. Right, right. Well, my my cousin Steve, speaking of like coming in like really slow at stuff, my, fr- my cousin Steve was in the philadelphia marathon a few years ago or many years ago i don't know how many years ago at this point because time is meaningless but he came in absolute last he was the absolute last guy in the philadelphia marathon and they even like let him have extra time to make sure he could finish last <laughs> well, it took him like six and a half it or took seven him as long as possible yeah it took him like 15 minutes longer than he technically was allowed to take well he stayed by the end of the race he was just in front of the street sweeper right right and it, it's my understanding i don't think he trained at all i don't think maybe <laughs> which i mean i admire that i i very much admire that just go in there baby he was like he was the one who showed what a baseline. normal guy doing it baseline like. yeah. yeah i'll i'll if you're in the discord i'll link i'll link a video of him talking about it because it's pretty funny but you can check it out in the discord and if you're not a member of the discord patreon.com slash garbage brain university that'll get you in you also get 100 episodes you haven't heard right right <laughs> there's a game called hoop hunt where you can roll your hoops down a hill and see whose hoop goes farther. Oh yeah, that's that sounds like something we would and, do. Yeah, and it's called hoop hunt because then you had to go find it <laughs> after you rolled down the well, hill. Well, you know, I I grew up in Cincinnati where there's so many hills, and a big part of our childhood at the babysitters or you go over to your friend's house was throwing shit down a hill because mm-hmm. you'd always. If you weren't, if you didn't start on top of the hill, you could just walk up the hill, right? Right. But I had a babysitter where the back of her house was like lightly wooded, and then it was like an overlook of of some road. But you could go a ways down the hill. It was a pretty steep hill, and they had built a pen. Long story: the the babysitter's husband was a cop, Ew. and they got a cop dog and then they made this giant cage for the cop dog to live in the dog also attacked me which is great that's what you want is you want to have a violent german shepherd at a babysitter's house full of little kids it's just a great idea (laughs) yeah uh but they had a bunch of chain link fence left over and so we would put you would get in or you would put somebody else in the chain link fence and then you would roll them down the oh right right that Uh was pretty badass yeah I can see that. In 2021, I would just call it a uh, vertical momentum fitness challenge, and they'd let you do it. <laughs> right. <laughs> Kids really need to have more contact with Chainlink. <laughs> well, kids' immune systems are just not good since we stopped putting them in Chainlink and pushing them off a hill. <laughs> um in the 1840s, the hoop shit was off the chain, and people were so fucking over these hooligans with their hoops. They called it the hoop nuisance. And <laughs> they said that people were getting their shins injured with the hoops flying down the street and knocking them in the shins. 
and they were fucking over the hoops. And they would confiscate the iron hoops of boys and girls. And it was uh, injustice to all the children of the world. And that was the end of hoops. But they still they still play hoops. But I bet I bet people somewhere playing plenty hoops, just not. You know what the end of hoops was? Cars. Oh yeah. Uh huh. That was the that was the end of letting your kid just run down the middle of the street all day long. <laughs> the good old days. Everyone talks about, like, the revolution, like, the industrial revolution and, like, the cars and all kind of stuff making the world better. But it really didn't. Not at all. Mm, depends on how you look at it, I guess. I mean, my child will go. I can't let her go anywhere because she will space cadet out and, and just wander right directly into the middle of traffic. And she would get smeared like a possum. Yeah, she's getting better. But when I was her age, I would just go ride my bike off. <laughs> When I was her age, I got hit by a car. <laughs> ah, okay. I see how it. I see how it goes. There is the classic, obviously, of hide and seek, which is like the main game. That's like the main game. You don't even need a hoop for it, right? You just need other children to find. All you need is yourself. <laughs> right. Um, there are obviously there's like the classic hide and seek. That is like everyone hides and then you get sought. Yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> um, there is a variant called sardines where one person hides and then as people find them, they cram into the hiding spot with them. <laughs> I like that. I've um, never heard of that. Yeah. And there is a hide-and-seek world championship called the Nascondino World Championship, which is international, and it is a team play hide-and-seek with adults, right? Yeah. And they have it in the summertime where they will go to a park like in the open air and have it has like artificial and nat- and natural hideouts all over the place and then there will be 70 teams from 11 countries and they will all go and and play hide and seek they professionally. Will hide- wow. <laughs> what do you what do you think the training is like? Do you think they all have a do you think they maybe all meet up on Saturday and like one day all they do is hide? Right. I don't know. Like I think that I'd be pretty good at hiding. You think so? I think that'd probably be my my strong suit with that one. I I was never super interested in hide and seek because there, there was no kinetic motion. The strategy just basically seemed to be like, where's the least likely place somebody's going to look for me? Yeah. Right. And then inevitably somebody would get in the fridge, have an old Punky Brewster situation. <laughs> oh, no. Don't get Punky Brewstered. <laughs> <laughs> In Australia, they call hide-and-go-seek 44 homes, and they will hide until they are spotted by the seeker, who will say, 4040, I see you. That doesn't make any sense. (laughs) 44 homes? Uh Uh-huh. 40, well, it's Australia. Yeah, yeah. Living down there, I'd do some stuff to you. It probably, it probably works better when they say it in their, in their voice there. (laughs) They're... Their way of saying stuff. It probably sounds really beautiful when they say it. <laughs> Their native tongue. <laughs> the main thing they would say when they when they would play games like that is "Ollie, Ollie, oxen free," right? I've heard. I've 
I've heard that. I feel like that was maybe falling out of fashion. That is like, you would yell that in order to get everyone to come out. But, and that is like saying, you know, if you come out right now, you don't lose. No. Like, like game's over. Come on. If you come out, we're not going to peg you, right? Okay. And so it is like the sign that the game is basically over. And they say that the origins of the phrase is all ye, all ye, outs and free. All the outs and free, which is what they used to say, like in old English, to let people know they can come out without penalty. <laughs> I mean, in old England, hide and seek was probably way fun because there was uh, so much shit to go hide in. And there was absolutely nothing to do. Yeah, yeah. So it was probably like, oh man, I go hide behind that stone wall. <laughs> I'm gonna go hide in that thicket. <laughs> um, did you ever play Duck, Duck, and Goose? Yes. That's like that was always a game that they would force you to play. That was a game where they get everybody like it was raining outside so they'd sit you in the gym and you would do that. Mm. But that uh, that seems like kindergarten preschool level of level of game. I never much I never much liked that. Right. You know what was worse than Duck Duck Goose is 7 Up. Did you ever play 7 Up? Oh, is that the one where it's like heads up, 7 Up, whatever it is? It's just everybody sits in the classroom and they put their head down and they say and they stand motionless and then you're not allowed to look. And so it is a game where like 90% of the game is you silent in the dark, which also explains who invented the game. Teachers invented the game. Right, right. It was clearly not invented by children. Right. I I always liked it because I'm always like, oh, nice and quiet. I can space out. <laughs> I don't have to run around. You sit here and think about something else. Well, so uh, so you put your head down, and then there's seven kids, and then they walk around the classroom, and they and they touch each of them touches one person on the shoulder, and then you have to guess who who tapped you on the shoulder. Instead of calling that game heads up seven up, they should have called that who touched you. <laughs> that would be a much better name. Would have put an end to that game real quick. <laughs> yeah. yeah. After the first or second kid came home from school and said, "Oh yeah, today we played Who Touched You." I my got God. I got touched a couple times. Oh my God. <laughs> uh, so um, Duck Duck Goose was basically first described in 1894 as a game called the Kiss in the Ring. Or drop handkerchief. Drop handkerchief? Yeah. And so that game, whoever was it, would touch the shoulder of each person in the ring with a handkerchief saying, not you, not you. Until the picker reaches the desired chaser, places the handkerchief on the person's shoulder and says, but you. (laughs) That's so dainty. Yeah. And then you run like a motherfucker. And then once if... If the person chasing catches the person who picked them, then the chaser is allowed to bring the picker into the middle of the ring and kiss him. Ooh, wow. That's how they got their rocks off back then. Yeah, lots of, lots of kissing games. I don't think I ever got involved in a kissing-based game. I did. <laughs> Again, not until I was older. Yeah. 
Yeah. I th- yeah, I think by I think kids didn't want to do that when I was younger and then by the time I got older instead of playing kissing games we just like fucked. I I was going to say <laughs> like just hung out and drove around and oh. smoked cloves. Yeah, yeah. Drank right. coffee. Kissing games when when you get older were always just like a ruse for the boys to get the girls to kiss each other. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, I could see that. And then you get to see which dudes were egalitarian enough to kiss a guy if it came down to it during the game. If they were really ride or die for the game. Ah, okay. Okay. And that is really, that is really, uh, even when we were kids, you know, even when we were teenagers... That was still like will that you kiss, was still Will you kiss your roommate in exchange for an opportunity to watch me and Sabrina make out? <laughs> well, I mean I mean now in now in twenty twenty one I I think people are a little bit more free and open. Yeah. But my my God, if you were a dude and you were and you were kissing another dude, I mean still if you go back and you watch big budget comedy movies back in like... 2010. Yeah, 2010. People are still saying the F slur and mm-hmm. calling each other gay pejoratively and stuff. Mm-hmm. This is like a very... This is a part of of male culture that I hope is going away. But that's some real tension. Dudes, dudes kissing dudes for funsies. Well, I mean, that, that was always, like, I hung out with a very, like, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, edgy crew. And so the guys were very much like, I don't give a shit about anything. I'll fucking kiss boys. I don't give a fuck. Like, they were very much like yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. As long as I get to watch these chicks make out, I'll fucking kiss anybody. I don't give a fuck. That's what they were all like. <laughs> Nothing is real. That's no, always- but the... Yeah, but you can't really fault them there on the nothing is <laughs> right. real tip. Nothing is real is like a prerequisite to date me. <laughs> Being like a stone cold nihilist. <laughs> well, well, yeah, yeah. Right. Are, are you are you slightly too smart to ever be happy? Let's go out. <laughs> well, that that was actually an incredibly short story. <laughs> Incredibly short explanation. Uh, Did you ever play Duck on a Rock? What is a fucking Duck on a Rock? No. First off, I never played Duck on a Rock because it came out in the medieval times. (laughs) So there's that. Um, Duck Duck on a Rock is a medieval children's game. It is a combination of tag and marksmanship. Uh, uh, basically, you would have a rock that you would call the duck set on top of a bigger rock or a tree stump, and then one player will guard the duck, and then everybody else who is playing will throw rocks at the duck in an attempt to knock it off the stump. And so it is basically, you're trying to knock the duck off the stump, but you're also stoning your friend. Yes, your friend is blocking the rocks with their body. Mm-hmm, right. Right. Once the duck is knocked off the stump, then everybody has to rush and get the rocks that they had thrown and get the rocks back. <laughs> yeah. And if you get tagged before you get back to the throwing line, then then you have to be the guard next time. 
and get all the rocks thrown at you. <laughs> so that's a on a rock. I, I, I would watch people play that. But you know what? Even I might not because I think that might have potential to be pretty gross. I think if they're little kids, they're... Well, I saw Lord of the Flies, though. Right. They're going to pick up big rocks just to try to hit that duck. They're going to pick the biggest rocks they can because otherwise it's not going to knock that duck off the stump. Yeah, the duck's not going to move. They're going to be like at least potato-sized rocks, I bet. Man. <laughs> There's also a game... Um, called British Bulldogs which was in the 1940s where they would chase each other around basically. It was super violent because people would get injured constantly and it was basically disallowed in schoolyards. People are not allowed to play it at school anymore because people get hurt so much, right? So the way you play this game, one guy is selected or two guys sometimes to be the Bulldogs. And they will stand in the middle of the playing field. Everybody else stands at one end of the of the field and tries to run from one end of the field to the other without getting caught by any of the bulldogs, right? Yeah. If you get caught, you become a bulldog also, right? Yeah. And so it basically just turns into a riot of people, like, clobbering each other. And so they hit each other? They are running across, and if they get touched, then they turn into a bulldog also. And so then, then they have to try to keep the other people from, from being able to progress also. Okay. And okay. so it is like, it's like the opening scene to World War Z. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> or all of a sudden, everyone's like, ah! And they're just attacking each other out of nowhere. Well, why is it so violent? Is it just everybody running? Yeah, right. And, and, and knocking each other over and, and attacking each other. And, yeah, that's that's the story of the British Bulldogs. Eventually, British Bulldog turned into Red Rover, which was, like, a lot safer because you wouldn't beat each other up in the middle area. You would just have to try to break your way through the chain of kids on the other sides of the field. It seems a lot... It seems somewhat milder. Right, a little bit, a little bit. You still run headlong into other kids. Right, right. I think that kids need more danger. I think there I think that there needs to be danger in more aspects of life because I think a controlled amount of danger like maybe gives you some chemicals that make your life go a little better. Right. I think that the release of chemicals that you get when you get knocked over or when you get scared or when you have to run somewhere real fast or like any of those kind of activities that kids would get into when they're roughhousing, the kind of chemicals that get released then I think is probably good for your brain for like preventing your brain from being anxious and, and like fearful. I think that controlled danger with other kids in a scenario where you're playing seems okay. Although the name British Bulldogs kind of makes me think of like a Morrissey type situation. Sounds like Romper Stomper or some shit, doesn't it? <laughs> Bunch of little boys in uniforms. <laughs> Your mother's the vicar. <laughs> Sounds like some white supremacist shit to me. Oh God, it does. <laughs> Driving around somewhere in England. Like, hey man, that that is not the right flag for this area. That is, <laughs> they got something else up here. <laughs> I don't think that's for football. <laughs> Have you ever played a game called Pie? No. Uh, 
It is also called pie shop or bakery. Um, and the way the game is played is someone is a buyer. They are sent to, I am the buyer in this game of pie, right? And they are sent to the goal where they cannot hear the other players discussing anything, right? Yeah. And they will then name each pie with a common pie filling, like apple pie, blueberry pie, pumpkin pie, right? And then once all of the pies have been named, they call the buyer into the pie shop, right? And the buyer comes over and says, pie man, pie man, I would like a pie. And the pie man says, and what pie might that be? And then they name a flavor of a pie, right? Yeah. And if one of the pies has been designated the pie that they requested, then they run from the pie shop to the goal while the buyer runs after him after the after the seller and tries to catch him okay so like if if you're like i want an apple pie and and then you're and i and you made apple pies and you uh-huh. would run like a bitch and then i had to catch you <laughs> <laughs> and then that is that is it it is like complicated and then it is further complicated by having to run around lawn furniture and stuff like that right you tell me i don't know anything about the lawn furniture well that's i mean it's just written down in my notes that it is further complicated that the running around from the pie buyer is complicated by all the stuff in the yard um before the pie man leaves the pie shop this is a very convoluted game my man yeah it is Bef- this sounds like some shit we would have made up when i was before a kid, was a before the pie seller hauls ass the buyer has to buy the pie right and he's like oh apple pie ten dollars and then he goes one two three four five six seven eight nine ten and then he runs like a bitch okay okay so it's like he's getting ripped off okay like you gotta count it out yeah uh-huh. okay okay so there's like a ritual a ritual aspect to it in addition to like the tag running aspect yeah right um and there's a variation on the game pie for children who may have limited knowledge of pie flavors (laughs) and that is called easter eggs which i imagine you just say purple (laughs) or red (laughs) one red egg please (laughs) right here, play Conkers. No. That is a game that started in Great Britain and Ireland where they would use the seeds of horse chestnut trees, right? So like buckeye nuts, uh-huh. yeah. Yeah, and so they would thread them onto a piece of string and then take turns striking each other's conker until one of them break. Whack it till you break it. Yeah, that would have been... Whack it till you break it is such a great name. Right. <laughs> If you get your strings tangled up when you're conking your conkers and you go, strings! <laughs> and then you get an extra turn to do it, right? If one person drops their conker, then the other person can go, stampsies! And then start sh- and start stamping the fuck out of their conker on the ground. <laughs> but if you drop it and you say, no stampsies! Before, before the other person says it, then they can't stamp on it. No stampsies? Right. <laughs> and then yeah and then the conquer is basically like a buckeye nut i've played a variation of conquers where it was like um plastic conquers on strings and you would try to knock them on each other when you were going like this hmm. I and think... then you would automatically always like just crack your knuckles to shit 
I think the destruction aspect is important. Right, always. Uh-huh. Like being able to destroy something, being able to destroy something else in the course of playing the game, I think is satisfying. Right, right. Well, there's another game game called um, Egg Tapping that's sort of like Conker's. They also call it egg jerping. Egg jerping? Uh-huh. Where you have a hard-boiled egg and you whack your hard-boiled egg on another person's hard-boiled egg and see who's break. That's similar to Eminem War. Yeah. <laughs> well, Eminem War is when you dump out all the M&Ms from a little bag and then you crash them into each other and you eat the loser until you find which one is the winner. <laughs> yeah, which one's the strongest and, one. And then presumably you eat that one right, too. Right. He gets to watch everyone die first. That's his reward. <laughs> <laughs> Just like, just like when people talk about like nuclear war, like they're like, oh, I got all this survival gear. I'm gonna survive it. Oh, great. Why? Why do you want to survive it? You're gonna watch everybody on the planet die, and then you're gonna die alone of of some kind of horrible like nuclear disease by yourself. Yeah, that's a great plan, man. Right? Cool. Me, if I if I ever get the announcement on my on my Apple phone. <laughs> saying, hey, there's nukes coming. I'm going to go sit out in the front yard. I'm going to find out where the nukes are going to hit, and I'm going to go sit underneath that spot. That's where I'm going to go. I want to go first. Thank you. Yeah, I saw threads. I, yeah, I saw threads. I don't need to I don't need to eat rats or pee in the street or any of that stuff. Just, like, hit me directly. <laughs> You're playing Dandy Shandy. <laughs> I have not played Dandy Shandy. <laughs> You need three people, right? They stand about 50 feet apart facing each other. And then they work together against the third player who is a dodger. And they run back and forth in between the thrower. And they try to hit the guy with the ball in between them. So it's kind of like keep away, monkey in the middle, kind of. But instead you try to bean the person yeah, you with try the to ball. Beam him. Yeah, uh-huh. So it's like three-person dodgeball. Yeah, right. But also monkey in the middle. Yeah. Okay. And then some people will throw the ball as fast as 70 or 80 miles per hour, and they will completely bean you. <laughs> And the one, the ones who are good dodgers are like the most athletic fuckers in the world because they they have to like jump and like be able to avoid these balls coming at them at eighty miles an hour. Well, who the fuck is playing? How is this a children's game? There's no child that could throw a ball eighty miles an hour. <laughs> are there like grown men from like uh, from like triple A baseball teams just out there fucking winging balls? It's actually mostly girls. It's girl children in uh, Jamaica. Oh, okay. <laughs> they play Dandy Shandy. That sounds like a Jamaican name for a game. Right, right. What would you call your Jamaican game? <laughs> uh, drop the chalice. <laughs> drop the chalice. Yeah. How do you play? Um, it's uh, it's kind of like a hot potato. Okay. But then if you get stuck with it, then it's the chalice, and then you have to pretend to smoke it, and then you start again. <laughs> and you get a certain number of hits, and then if you if you get too many hits, you're like, make one fall out. Yeah. And then you're here. Yeah. You're done. You lost. You lost the chalice. You you lost the challenge. And the chalice. Yeah, I guess that's true. You don't, you don't get chaliced anymore. Well, I, I remember... I used to listen to reggae and I didn't I didn't understand all the patois and all the terminology for 
for quite some time. And they were always talking about the chalice. And I just kind of assumed they meant like at Catholic when they give you <laughs> the one to drink out of. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was like that. Yeah. I was like, why are you guys licking it, man? That's weird. What? <laughs> it's like this beautiful golden goblet. You guys are like, <laughs> I would like I would like it. <laughs> when was the last time you got to lick the Jesus chalice? <laughs> Been a while. <laughs> That's why he keeps that rag and wipes it off, man, in church. <laughs> it's just that. So all these reggae guys up in here were licking it. Right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> have you ever played Queenie Queenie Who's Got the Ball? <laughs> I'm sorry, but no. No. It's also called Alabala Alabala. Jesus Christ. <laughs> you need four or more players, right? So they pick a girl and she is Queenie. And she turns her back on everybody else, right? Queenie then throws the ball over her shoulder and one and one of the other players behind her needs to catch it or pick it up, right? Yeah. Then Everyone puts their hands behind their back so the queen does not know who has the ball. And then the queen turns around and everybody else shouts, Queenie, Queenie, who's got the ball? Is she fat or is she tall? Is she hairy or is she bald? You don't know because you don't have the ball. <laughs> that was a that was a weird ending. You don't know because you <laughs> don't have the balls. Yeah. You don't have the ball, therefore you don't know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean. So can something be learned if it is not seen? <laughs> That's an interesting question, right? You can't be sure that then, you have the ball unless you can sense it in your hands. And then, and then, I mean, this seems to be a game born of empiricism. <laughs> right. They but so, are. but so. <laughs> <laughs> But so then you just then the queen has to figure out who has the ball. Do they say a rhyme if she gets it right? Um, no. But if the girl with the ball is the last one to be picked, then she becomes the new queen. And if you have the ball and you do not admit that you have the ball, you're automatically out. Mm. And if the queen looks while she is chucking the ball over her head behind her and she sees, then she is automatically out. So you can't cheat or you're out. So have the, you... It, may, it mainly seems to be... The game seems to be secondary to chanting the little thing. I think right. this is mostly about the chanting. Right. Well, there's all those games that are mostly about, like, chanting and clapping and stuff. Oh, yeah. I remember doing those ones. Clappers. Yeah. Like... Like extended, extended universe patty cake. What does your mother do for her job? Is she a... Uh, School cafeteria lady. Does she work at the bank? <laughs> oh. Is she a doctor? Is she a nurse? Is she a lawyer? Is she a garbage man? <laughs> My mother told me your mother worked at the parks and recreation because she saw her at the park. Oh wow! And you're, up cla trash. you're clapping. <laughs> you're clapping your elbows and stuff. Right. Oh, that's wild. Yeah, I never, I never did that. I never did that. I did that stuff sometimes, yeah. We would hit each other, but not rhythmically. Um, we I would play that. My favorite game was the one game. I don't, I don't know what it was called. It was like the one where you did the what you, now is the white power symbol. It is not. <laughs> it's not. 
It is the not okay. white power. It is making a little okay with, it's making a circle with your thumb and forefinger. And with your fingers extended, you remain, okay, so you make that hand sign, right? But then you do it casually so it's like down by your leg. Uh-huh. Or you scratch your head with it. Uh-huh. Or like you like dig in your book bag with it. Uh-huh. And if someone notices you making that hand sign, then you punch them. If you if you see him looking, then you get to punch him in the shoulder. Yeah, I saw you looking. <laughs> it's my favorite game. Well, it's a very it's an it's an eternal game. Mm-hmm. It's an infinite game. So it's sort of like the sandbox of its time. Right, it never ends. It never ends. And it also it also creates tension in like informal situations, like in between <laughs> classes, or you're playing euchre. Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Just creating creating artificial tension. Here's the thing, though. Creating the artificial tension, you guys have this little thing that you do all the time, and it creates this rise and fall in activity. It establishes a pecking order. Like who is who is whoever's on top of the game all the time is always punching everybody, <laughs> right? And so then that automatically gets you like a little bit higher in the pecking order. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not, you can't, you can't hit somebody really hard. That's you hit not them cool. one time really hard. Oh, oh, you can? <laughs> That's how I play. <laughs> I, you can't do the face. That's the rule. Not in the face. You really nail them in the arm, like the upper arm. That was a popular spot. That's what I would try to get the most. Because I, I was like hard enough to be like, ow, stop. And then, but it's like no one's like internal bleeding. <laughs> no kidney that punches, was the, no face that punches. was the perfect like 16 <laughs> year old boy oh stop dude <laughs> god stop punching me <laughs> god damn it <laughs> <laughs> yeah but i was always on that on the hey what do you see man what's up with you god damn it i gotta come and get it you know you got it <laughs> what did you learn today about the games of children? I am I'm happy to know that kids games were always stupid. I think that uh I think that kids even though kids have all kinds of technology and stuff, I know kids still do this stuff. Nana told me there was a special tree at her old school where you would go if you wanted to say cuss words. <laughs> I feel like that carries on a tradition. I of, feel like I want to put a microphone at that tree. Oh my god. That is just such a such a tradition that really takes me back. Right. Right. Like when I was in junior high, now I went to I went to high school on the side of a hill cuz everything was on the side of a hill. But when I was in high school, there was a historic cabin and you'd go buy it in the bus on the way to school or in the car or whatever. It was a historic cabin. And we never really looked at it. It just had a little sign. It was all decrepit and stuff. And kids would go down there and all the kids would go down there. Like the bad kids would go after school. They just hang out. They wouldn't ride the bus home and they just like walk over to it. And it was called the piss house mm-hmm. because the bad kids would go over there and they would pee in the cabin. <laughs> Just like onto the floor and down through the floorboards mm-hmm, and stuff. Mm-hmm. I, I never. Did you never pee in the pee house? I ne- no, because I had to ride the bus home. Uh, I was so far away that if I didn't ride the bus home, I would have gotten marooned. Yeah. In a cabin that smelled mm. like urine, apparently. <laughs> 
-hmm. But the idea of having one little spot where kids just go to do something that they could have done anywhere. (laughs) Yeah. I I think I've told stories of how we used to hang out in this pile of hay when I was in school. Because there was, like, the college, and they would do, like, a prairie burn every year. And after they would do it, or before they would do it, or whatever, they would put hay down, right? Yeah. And then... So there would be a period of time every summer where they would have this giant, huge pile of bales of hay that was like five or six or seven hay bales tall. And yeah. then like uh, like 100 hay bales square or something like that. Enough to have like 20 high school kids climb on top of it and lay around on it all day long. And so we would be hang out on the hay. Like, what are you guys doing tonight? We can go out to the hay. <laughs> we go chill on the hay. We just go hang out on the hay until like it's got so wet and gross from being out there for such a long time. It would start being like yucky and we'd stop going to the hay. <laughs> but like hay days were always the best. Like, oh, we're going to go chill on the hay. No one knows where you were. No worries. No one can see you on top of the that, hay. That really, <laughs> that really was the hay day. <laughs> be having hay days all the time just me and my bros out on the hay (laughs) well if you want in on the heyday of internet culture which is now just called culture (laughs) no hay patreon patreon.com slash garbage brain university that'll get you in do you know who is in their heyday right now oh everybody but especially Corey grella especially Corey Grella. If you need an insurance plan that fits your needs or you just need somebody to to pep you up, help you along in your day. <laughs> yeah, she's a helping hand for all your needs. <laughs> most of your needs. You know where I like to go for most of my needs. <laughs> Hazel Technologies. Because most of your needs have to do with shipping fruit. It's true. I couldn't even tell you how many problems I had shipping fruit before I heard about Hazel Technologies. With their innovations, it allows me to get my grapes to their destination. All those zooks and cukes, your garden's been going bananas. All those zooks and cukes, you can ship them all over the place. Now everyone has some free vegetables, minus the cost of shipping and handling. It's in in the packets. The packets do. In the packets too, yeah. Uh Yeah. Buy those packets. That's the first order business. The cubes I mean, are free. They came from the dirt. Yeah, the, and the packets are fairly priced. <laughs> they are. I don't, I don't know how much a packet costs. Trust me. It's like a, it's pennies a day. Trust me. <laughs> For pennies a day, you can have a single packet and just keep reusing it. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> And if you don't feel like receiving your fruits and vegetables in the mail, you know where you can get some beautiful Ohio freshness now. Yeah, Harlem Township. Harlem Township, Ohio. A lovely slice of America right in your own backyard if you live in one of the surrounding 17 townships in Delaware County, Ohio. Right. And you know, Harlem Township is so far to the southeast of Delaware County, it's almost not in there anymore. It's all the way over it. Yeah, it's almost ours. It's so close. Yeah, just tantalizing. Uh-huh. Just out of our grasp. That natural beauty. Yeah, right. Natural beauty such as the dam. <laughs> dam. <laughs> so thanks again for listening. We'll talk to you again very soon. I love you. Goodbye. Goodbye.